Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown to Greensburg. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future in Decatur County. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. Good morning. It is Wednesday, December 27th. It is five minutes after 10. You're listening to the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. My name is Casey Daniels. Rob Kendall has the day off. And uh, the dude, Jim Roberts, is joining me in the studio. And we've got uh, a trip by the U.S. Secretary of State, Antony Blinken. He's set to visit Mexico City, and uh, he's going to discuss the recent surge of illegal immigration as that migrant caravan said to number thousands of people is inching towards the border. And he's going to meet with the Mexican president, and he's going to take Homeland Security Secretary. Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas with him. I don't I don't know what good that's going to do because that guy does absolutely nothing. He's just going to sit there and lie. He's going to stand in front of a camera and uh, spew a bunch of words and act like he's doing something. Yeah. Ahead of the meeting, the uh, Homeland Security officials, they're uh, debating ways Mexico can help lower the numbers, including controlling the railways that the migrants are using to travel north. Uh, but, you know, Really, this comes down to President Biden facing pressure from both Republicans and his own party over this crisis. But what does that guy do instead? He's going to send Blinken and Mayorkas down to Mexico to meet with the Mexican president while he goes and sits on a beach in the U.S. Virgin Islands. It's all for looks. Yeah, he does. Look, this has all been designed by the Democrats. They want this illegal immigration. It's now coming up in most polling is showing that the number one problem people consider facing this nation is no longer the economy, but it is the border. You're getting people in large metropolitan Democrat cities, liberals in these cities like Chicago and New York that, you know, cannot support. They're getting very angry with the number of illegals because they don't have the services to support all of these people being there. It reminds me, so what Biden's doing reminds me of, of Austin Powers, where Dr. Evil is like, uh, yes, you 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 pick that up and, and you carry it over there and uh-huh. then you go over, stand over there, but just be looking busy, but don't actually be doing anything right that's exactly what this is go down to the border and make it look like you're busy and doing but don't don't actually be doing anything because we want this massive illegal immigration okay so what we've either got to shut down the border or shut down the government because isn't it their job to protect the american people and they're not doing that because you've got congress who's on vacation as well they're not working they're not doing anything to do it so if nobody's going to do anything about this situation let's at least save american taxpayers money no, because they want to put on a show for it. And the Democrats are really playing with fire here because because this is the biggest issue to the American people. Coming up into an election year now, it's fighting against something that they want. They want this illegal immigration, so they're trying to walk this line that makes it look like they don't want it. And we're going to pretend like we're trying to do everything we can, but we're doing our best here. Uh-huh. And it's going to be really interesting to see if voters make Biden and the Democrats pay for it come election time. Okay, so it's being reported that at least 8,000 asylum seekers, mostly from Cuba, Haiti, and Honduras, uh, are 
headed their way right now to the border, and they're saying that the numbers may swell to 15,000 people. And the uh, National Border Patrol Council president, his name is Brandon Judd, he said that uh, the president knows what needs to be done in order to get this under control. He's just not willing to do it. So right now what he's doing is deflecting. Also right now what he's doing is making his way towards a beach so he doesn't have to do anything at all. So let's start with the visit to Mexico. Is this just a photo op or does the Secretary of State and the Secretary of Homeland Security have a solution that they're going to offer? Yeah, unless we're going to go there and we're going to operate from a position of strength, uh, we're not going to accomplish anything. The solution is not in Mexico. It's not in other countries. The solution is right here. This president knows what he needs to do in order to get this under control. He's just not willing to do it. So right now what he's doing is he's deflecting. He's going to send Blinken. He's going to send Mayorkas to Mexico, and they're going to get the mainstream media all worked up saying, hey, look what they're doing. But in reality, nothing is going to change unless we're going to be willing to get concessions. Mexico right now is operating from a position of strength. Mexico has no incentive to end this. All of this money that is working its way up through Mexico, the cartels that the cartels are bringing in, it's going right back into their government. So this is not something that the Mexican president wants to end. Uh, and so and unless we're willing to give them concessions, he's not going to do anything about it. So again, the solution is not in Mexico. It's right here on our own border. Okay, so some conservative reps from Pennsylvania, Georgia, and Arizona, they're putting forth legislation to block Joe Biden's name from being on ballots. This is a move that we've seen them do to Donald Trump, specifically in Colorado, right? And what is the reason that they're citing from blocking Joe Biden getting on the ballot? Well, they're using the same thing that Colorado used, which is the 14th Amendment mm-hmm. and insurrection. And they're the, you know, the Republicans' argument on this in the, those individual states is uh, Biden is allowing an insurrection to take place with all of these illegal aliens coming across the border. I mean, probably not a very good legal argument. We'll find out. Um, probably more just showmanship and spite uh, on this case here. But, right. but certainly proving once again how explosive this border situation is politically for the Democrats right now. So the Michigan Supreme Court won't block Trump from being on the 24 primary ballot. That just came out. But uh, let's talk about Donald Trump for just a second. Donald Trump Jr. has put his dad on notice over Buzz as Nikki Haley as a VP pick. So Don Jr. drawing a line in the sand for his father in the Veep stakes. And he is saying, no, no, dad. No Nikki Haley. He doesn't want him. I mean, you know, and this is all, you know, we're still trying to figure out who the nominee is going to be. And now we're also talking about who the vice president would be, you know, choice would be of, you know, Donald Trump as we're sitting here waiting for elections and caucuses to take place. Yeah. Um, And and this is, is, you know, Don Jr. is no idiot. This is designed by him to just try and weaken Haley overall as it relates to the primary, not necessarily the VP pick. I mean, if if Donald Trump thinks that he's going to have a better chance of winning election with Nikki Haley as his VP, he's going to do it. Well, I think it's also a way of getting her out of the race as she's gaining more and more support financially and in the polls, uh, you know, get her out of the way 
And, and Donald Trump Name is proven, her as a VP uh, or even put that rumor out there intentionally. Absolutely. Donald Trump is a very shrewd deal maker and businessman. We all know that. If he needs Nikki Haley, either either the discussion of Nikki Haley as VP or actually making her VP to get him what he wants, he will do it. So uh, Don Jr. has said Nikki Haley wants never-ending wars, and she's a puppet of the establishment in Washington, D.C. Let's hear more from him. I wouldn't have her out. I would go to great lengths to make sure that that doesn't happen. Nikki Haley wants never-ending wars. She's a puppet of the establishment in Washington, D.C. She's the new favored candidate of the billionaire class because they want control. No different than academia and Harvard and using, you know, their billions to exercise influence. They want someone they control. Uh, Ron DeSantis has proven that he doesn't have what it takes to be on that stage. He's embarrassed himself that way. She's now the preferred candidate. Uh, No, I I would not want Nikki Haley to be there. All we get... Okay, so uh, he mentioned Ron DeSantis, of course. Uh, DeSantis launched his own website, Trump Nikki 24. I still don't understand, uh, you know, if he really thinks that's going to work because if you're just uh, a partial bystander, like if you just are moderately interested in what's going on with politics and you're going to see that, you're not going to understand the nuance that this is Ron DeSantis trying to say, Nikki Haley's not running for president, she's running for vice president. Right, that is a pretty nuanced, wonky message to be putting out, and you're talking to a very small percentage of the electorate that's going to be able to grasp that and understand the troll for what it is. Yeah, uh, because we all know one of the big problems within the country and the political system is the apathy by most people. Uh, who feel like, you know, their input doesn't matter. So uh, it's being reported now that Melania Trump is planning to increase her public campaign appearances, and she's planning to be more of a key role in Donald Trump's presidential campaign. You know, she's been pretty quiet recently. And she was a quiet first lady. Yeah. So this is a this is a major shift for Melania here to be to be increasing her role as opposed to really kind of staying in the background like she did in the first election. Uh-huh. The, the you know the her, her time as first lady and now in the second election. So it'll be interesting to see um you know how that plays out. Uh, could it backfire? Possibly because maybe the more she talks the less she should be saying. Yeah, and the media is going to have it out for her just like they did when she was first lady. So it's certainly a risky move by the Trump administration to kind of put Melania out there more front and center than she has been in the past. Yep. Okay, let's talk about this uh, Christmas card that the NFL put out. They were wishing fans a Merry Christmas with a uh, cartoon. And it was complete with uh, Christian McCaffrey breaking records. It had Travis Kelsey wearing a Taylor Swift-inspired bracelet and also... Patrick Mahomes was petting his dogs in this uh, Christmas cartoon. It was kind of an interesting thing. It was there was a little bit of a Where's Waldo aspect to it because there were kind of a lot of hidden hidden meanings or, or, or Easter eggs that were in there. There was another one that was uh, you know that had a defensive end Max Crosby of the of the Raiders uh, with Patrick Mahomes. Well, Crosby runs a rescue shelter for dogs, uh-huh. so there's a lot of interesting things. Jalen Hurts is playing a record album kind of an homage to Travis and Jason Kelsey and their Christmas album that they put out this year. It's kind of a fun little cartoon that the NFL did because there's a lot more going on than what just kind of looks like on the surface. Yeah, you really get to uh, look over this uh, cartoon and see what's in there. Uh, You've got... uh the Christmas tree has all of the uh, NFL logos as ornaments. There's a couple stockings hanging in the background and there's a SpongeBob and Patrick 
Christmas stocking. I don't know who the fan is of SpongeBob, but that's for somebody. Well, but it, so there were a number of Nickelodeon type Easter eggs that were in there. There were also references to the Rugrats, Fairly Odd Parents, uh-huh. and Hey Arnold, as well as SpongeBob. And that was just kind of along the lines to help promote the Nickelodeon simulcast that took place with the NFL over the weekend. Okay, so that's, so that's where that, that was. Is. And if you're not familiar with that, Nickelodeon occasionally, a couple times a year, will simulcast an NFL game and they'll do it with different announcers and there'll be these fun graphics. You know, Patrick from SpongeBob will show up in the middle of the field, and when somebody scores a touchdown, slime gets spread all over the place, and it's 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 really been very popular with with kids and the parents of kids um, to have them you know get an opportunity to enjoy an NFL game kind of Nickelodeon style. Who's the guy who's opening a box with nothing in it? There's, oh, I don't know. I didn't see that one. I'll have to dig into it more. It looks like he's wearing the big Hulk hands. Do you know what I'm talking about? The Incredible, the incredible Hulk, Hulk hands. Yeah, those, those, were, big. those were huge for Christmas 15 years ago. Yeah, so there's somebody who's opening a box, but there's nothing in it. So, uh, like you mentioned, lots of Easter eggs there. It is 17 minutes after 10. You're listening to The Kendall and Casey Show. It's 93 WIBC. Good morning. It is 19 minutes after 10. It is the Kendall and Casey Show. It's 93 WIBC. My name is Casey Daniels. Rob Kendall has the day off and the dude, Jim Roberts, joining me in the studio. Um, So we didn't have any returns to do this year for Christmas. Which is a little a little different for us. Uh, when, usually, when you usually, put everything in the Amazon cart yourself, I guess you know you want it. <laughs> but usually, even with that, there's something that doesn't quite fit right, or this uh-huh. this looked different online when I was shopping for it, and when it showed up, it didn't quite look like the picture showed. Usually, we've got one return at the very least, but we didn't have any this year, no. which makes us weirdos because apparently everybody's returning everything well 14.5 percent of all purchases are returned at christmas time that totals 743 billion dollars uh retailers are bracing for a record influx of unwanted holiday gifts and boy that's always this week right now that we're in right now. Return week, absolutely. Yeah, return week. Yeah, and, 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 and so there is some benefit to retailers for having these returns. You may sit here and say, gosh, that's got to be crushing for the retailers to be able to manage all these return processes. It gets everybody back into the stores again uh-huh. after they just spent the entire Christmas season in the stores buying and shopping. But you think they- they'd be shopped out, but now, the week between Christmas and New Year's, they've got a reason to get back into the stores again, and it's an opportunity for those stores to sell them additional things again during this week after Christmas. Yeah, but, you know, a lot of things that I saw was that the stores were not busy, you know, Black Friday, the stores were empty and people were doing a lot of online shopping and just overall less shopping due to, you know, the state of the economy and inflation. And I'm, I'm wondering if online sales are seeing this uptick, does that mean the returns are going to be, you know... Well, part part of that is because the online returns... Returning to Amazon. Is, well, part of that is because the online return process with Amazon is so easy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes it very easy to return something. You just click on the item in your, in, you know, in your past purchases and say, I want to return this. You just take it to a... U- Last time I did one, I was able to take it to a UPS store. Mm-hmm. I didn't even have to put it in a box. I just bring the item in open, unru- you know, unwrapped and loose as it is. Yeah. I've got a QR code from on my phone from Amazon. The UPS store scans it. They take my item. 
it's all over. So so part of this is if, if it is driven by online shopping, it is driven by most of the purchases happening on Amazon, the increase in the fact that there's 14% of all items purchased are being returned has got to be driven by the fact that Amazon has made things so easy to return. Yeah. Um, so it makes me wonder if people are actually not going to be going into the stores to return as it, much. It's entirely- There used yeah, to be yeah. long lines. You know, you'd have to wait in the queue to return. You want to go to Target after yeah. after the show today, and, no. and as a little bit of research to, no. to figure it out. You want to fight some crowds at no. the Target, and, no. and just so that we can find out how long the return line is there. No, no, I, I, I don't need to go to Target of all places. Um, this from the Wall Street Journal, which I just thought was funny. I wanted to point out to you that the number one thing that was returned unintentionally with pants that don't fit, people returning pants that don't fit. And an item that they're accidentally returning with the pants. Keys? Underpants. <laughs> you get the whole kitten caboodle. No, yeah. come on. I can understand if you put you tried on a pair of pants and you put your wallet or your keys in your pant pocket because nope. that's just what you do or whatever and you warm around for a second. You're like, nah, these don't quite fit. No one's putting, who's putting their, un- forgetting? Yes. Yes, taking the whole thing off. You Why can't. are you taking your underwear off anyway if you're just trying know. on different pants and trying to return those? I'm not taking my underwear off if I'm putting on different pants. Uh, the Wall Street Journal would never lie about that. Hey, did you hear about the uh, Spirit Airlines sending an unaccompanied minor on the wrong flight? This is like a parent's worst nightmare. And if you had said, if you, if you had, if I didn't know anything about this story and you said, Jim, so there was an airline uh-huh. that had a six-year-old unaccompanied minor flying, <laughs> and that and the airline uh-huh. put that six-year-old on the wrong flight. Yeah. What airline was it? It's pretty easy to guess that it's Spirit Airlines. It's, it's going to be they, Spirit. They've got a reputation, and they get regularly roasted on social media. They're an ultra, ultra low-cost carrier. They're mm-hmm. super, super cheap. But a lot of times you get what you pay for, and these parents, unfortunately, of this poor six-year-old, they got what they paid for by by putting their kid on a Spirit Airlines flight. Okay, so the kid was uh, departing from Philadelphia and was supposed to arrive in Fort Myers, Florida, to go visit Grandma. And instead, the child landed in Orlando after, you know, this is... What about a three-hour drive, two and a half hours between Fort Myers yeah, and Orlando? Probably, it's, yeah, it's probably three hours, at least, at least three hours from Orlando to Fort Myers. And uh, it was the child's first time flying, and you know when the kid didn't get off the flight, everyone panicked. They called the airline, and they said, "No, he's on the flight." Oh no. He wasn't on the flight. Put him on the wrong flight. Now, a couple things with this. You do what you're going to do with your kids. I would never in a million years have put our daughter on a flight alone at six years old. There, you know what? I recall sometime we had a conversation, and I don't remember the specific details about it, but it was along the lines of, hey, should our daughter fly while we can't to go visit somebody? But she was... 14, 15, 16 years old. She was nervous. And, we, and, and even at that age, uh-huh. you and I were sitting here going, nah, I don't think this is a good idea. We're uh-huh. not going to do this. So to, yes, yes, we would never put a six-year-old, again, parent how you want to parent, but us as parents, we were not putting a six-year-old uh, unaccompanied on a flight. But can you imagine, can you imagine customer service at Spirit Airlines? Well, m- m- you know, 
ma'am, we, we at least got her to the right state. Okay, we got her to Florida. We got this six-year-old to Florida. Now, granted, it was Fort Myers instead uh-huh. of Orlando where the six-year-old should have been, but you got to give us some credit here. Uh-huh. I mean, she didn't end up in Denver or San Francisco. Uh, the child is in the region. Uh, okay, so Spirit Airlines says that uh, the safety and responsibility of transporting all of their guests is uh, serious, and they're going to conduct an internal investigation. It's almost impossible to get on the wrong flight to start with. You've got to give your boarding pass. You've got to show it there. But literally, the last thing you do before you walk on that jetway to get on the plane is scan your boarding pass. And if your boarding pass says you're going somewhere different, they're not going to let you on. It's difficult to get on the wrong flight. Well, when you're a child, though, and you're in an unaccompanied minor, you're with a representative from the airline. So whoever was in charge of that child, that's the person you need to question. But how many unaccompanied children are flying? It's not like there's planes full of six-year-olds flying unaccompanied. It's a rare occasion when you've got this. So you would think that when it does happen, the airline would be like, okay, we got one today. Everybody on alert. This is what we trained for, people. Okay, (laughs) we've got a six-year-old flying unaccompanied. Let's all pay attention. Double-check everything. (laughs) Not Spirit Airlines. Not Spirit. It is 27 minutes after 10. This is the Kendall and Casey Show. It's 93 W. YBC. It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. It is time to hear from you, your voicemails, your questions, comments, smart remarks, whatever is on your mind today at 1032 with the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. I think today we're focusing on the uh, smart remarks segment. Is that what the voicemails are today? More smart remarks than comments. I think think so. Yesterday we had a couple of really nice phone calls. People were wishing us Merry Christmas and saying how much they enjoyed the show. And then, wow, today we took a different turn, didn't we? We did. Quickly. Yeah, we had the, the, uh, the, we, the uh, we had a letter yesterday from our friend who is incarcerated, uh-huh. who did an entire uh, the 12 days of Casey Christmas or something along those lines. Yeah. It was very loving yesterday. Yes, yes. We had, a, we had a warm embrace in the studio, and today not so much. So let's get to it. Uh, this is Paul, and I believe it's Paul. He wanted to call, and he had a comment about uh, Mike Braun. Just a quick thought. This is Paul from Noblesville. The lady that was complaining about Mike Braun and the state should remember that he's still got a year to go as a U.S. senator. and He's got to deal with the major projects there before we start totally worrying about Indiana. Thank you. Bye. Okay, so we were talking about Nikki Kelly from the Indiana Capital Chronicle wrote an article about her wish list for Christmas. And one of the things that she mentioned was that uh, she wished the politicians who were running for governor would stop focusing on national issues and start focusing on issues closer to home here in Indiana and for Hoosiers. And so 
specifically Mike Braun, how he's always talking about the border. Yeah. And so that's the, where that came from. And by the way, I think you were the lady he was referring to in that phone call there. You think it was me? Or it might have been Nikki Kelly. No, I think it was you because we talked. this is where it came from. We talked about how Mike Braun in a recent political ad was talking about the border uh-huh. and the governor of, you know, which he's running for, the governor of Indiana has nothing to do with the border, obviously, and, and referring back to the Nikki Kelly article and that sort of thing. So I, I think what this gentleman is saying, well, Mike Braun, it's acceptable for him to talk about the border because he's still a sitting U.S. senator. Mm-hmm. However, in the context of a political ad where he is running for the governor of Indiana, mm-hmm. it doesn't make nearly as much sense for him to talk about the border. And that's where we were referring to on that. So... Okay. Um, let's go to this next phone call. Somebody calling and, uh, well, I don't know. They say that we like to blame everything on Joe Biden. Uh, I don't know if this is necessarily true. We like to blame everything on all the politicians. Yeah, they're all responsible. Horrendously yeah. responsible. And I think that this show makes that very clear on a daily basis. Right. <laughs> uh, we like to blame Republicans and Democrats, but here's the phone call. Yeah, I'm just wondering why you guys always want to bl- blame Joe Biden when you've got employers out there that's trying to lower the wages for the people because they want to make more money. You've got businesses out there that are drastically increasing the prices for more profit. And you've got all of Republicans giving all these businesses tax breaks so they make more profit. But let's just go ahead and blame everything on Joe Biden. Because you guys seem to do that so well. If it was not Joe, it's Hunter. But yet you can sit back and not worry about Ivanka getting all of her trades from China and her husband walking away with $2 billion from a foreign country while they was in office as well. But let's keep it one-sided. Let's keep that Republican twist going. And let's just blame everybody else except pointing the finger back at yourself. You know, somebody that listens to this show more often than hosts it, um, uh-huh. I'm really, you know, it's clear that the Kendall and Casey show dislikes Republicans just as much as Democrats. <laughs> and it's interesting what people want to hear. Look, if Ivanka leveraged the Trump name while Trump was in office, mm-hmm. you know, inappropriately or illegally with foreign nationals, I'd love to see the evidence and I would be completely against it and rail on her just like you guys have railed on Hunter Biden for uh-huh. that. I, I don't think that this show has any track record of, uh, of, of, uh, going easy on Republicans in the slightest. No, there's no way that Rob Kendall is going to be holding hands with Todd Young anytime soon. Or Donald Trump. I mean, Rob's had plenty of problems with Donald Trump. The way he handled COVID, everything. Um, You know, and... uh, Eric Holcomb. I I will say it is easy to pick on Joe Biden because his presidency has been an absolute disaster. And today, while we're facing this immigration crisis, what is he doing? He's going on vacation to the U.S. Virgin Islands, spending 411 days on vacation. But I do want to point out that big part of the reason of the inflation in this country is because of the spending that has been done by the Republicans. So caller, I hope that makes you happy that, uh, yes, we're blaming both parties for the state of the country. Keep in mind, your Congress is on vacation. Uh, They all went home. They left. They're not working till the beginning of the new year. So while we're facing all of these issues still today, 
they're not working. And uh, yeah, we're going to blame both sides. Do you on think? That. Do, you, do you think that made him happy? Our caller. Do you think that? Do you I, think he's happy now? I hope so. I hope so. That's what we're here for. We're here to make everyone happy. Aim to please. It is ten thirty-eight. <laughs> it's the Kendall and Casey show. It's ninety-three WIBC. All right. So uh, Tucker Carlson has started a new vignette during his uh, broadcasting, and we're actually podcasting, and it's called Ask Tucker. And somebody posed this question. He answered it the way he saw it. And now um, some people are disagreeing with his answer, at least his example within his answer. Let's check it out. If I achieve just one thing in life, what should it be? Now, it tells you a lot about modern America that that's even a question. No person, certainly no man, in the previous, say, 15,000 years would have asked, what should I achieve in life? There's really only one objective in life, and that's reproduction. Pass on your genes so you don't become extinct. They're called, in our culture anyway, children. And then one hopes they mate and have grandchildren. And that makes you the patriarch of a clan and gives meaning to your life. So in other words, you could spend your entire life working for Deutsche Bank, which is obviously pointless and destructive of the social order, and you probably wouldn't feel good about that. But if you had a bunch of kids, you would still win because you're passing on your genes. You're fulfilling your core destiny, which is to reproduce. Let me put it another way. Next time you read about someone who's got like 27 arrests, and he's been arrested for some horrible crime, and he's a complete ne'er-do-well, if not menaced study, George Floyd, for example, find out how many kids that person has. So you're reading the paper or some website, and you're judging this guy. He's never had a job. He's got 27 drug arrests, and he finally shot someone. Damn those Soros prosecutors. And I agree with you 100%. But push a little more deeply into his background, and I'd be willing to bet my late model car that he's got more kids than you. So who's really ahead, you or George Floyd? You or the guy with 27 drug arrests? The guy with 27 drug arrests, if he's got more kids than you, he wins. Because in the end, that's how we tally the race, by reproduction. So uh, get to it. Have some pups. Okay, so he reasoned. <laughs> it's a nice way to end it, Tucker. Oh, thank you. Yeah, uh, get to it. Get busy Procreating now. Procreating there, people. Uh, except for that lady who's uh, having an echo-sexual relationship with a tree. Um, so he reasoned that although uh, some individuals may have a checkered past, they're winning in the end as their name and bloodline would continue. However, it's become controversial because of his analogy with George Floyd. People saying, you know, that that's not appropriate. Yeah, I mean, an odd, you know, you never know what you're going to get from Tucker. Mm -hmm. Always interesting things, and it's an odd argument for him to make here, to sit here and say that everybody's goal in life is to reproduce and pass it along genes, and that's the ultimate goal. And while you can make a fine argument for that, um, he's going about it in a very odd way, but there is a reproduction problem happening in the Western world, and it's well documented across the board. There, There, you know... 
people that live in the United States, Germany, Europe, the Western world just aren't having nearly as many kids at the replacement rate that they need to be to sustain the population. And eventually, it's going to be a big problem for a lot of these countries. China is fa- facing this in a big way. They suffered under the one child China one child China policy yeah. for thirty or forty years, and now they're and it, destro- big issues. And it destroyed yeah. their demographics. And 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 you know China's population is going to be about half of what it is right now in the next 50 years. Um, he, Tucker just went about a very weird way of, of, of talking about it and doing it. Yeah, so it's a it's a, like a two-minute clip, and several people were sounding off. Somebody said that they were a big fan, and but then they're saying after that analogy, it, Tucker lost them. And then other people are saying, hey, it's things like this. This is the reason that Tucker was fired from Fox. Um, but uh, the child the population issue that's something that even elon musk has been talking about for a while as well a man who in in tucker saying start having babies people and and, in in tucker's world Mm -hmm. elon musk is winning more than just about anybody because i think elon is up to 11 children (laughs) right now i think he has 11 kids right now so so isn't isn't his last child named x didn't he? Oh, it's a number of his children have very odd names, yep. and I haven't had any interest level to keep up with it, okay. so I'm not sure. Um, let's. Uh, are you a fan of Denzel Washington? I do like Denzel Washington. In fact, we were just talking about this the other day about a movie that we saw several years ago that he was in that uh, I wanted to rewatch. What movie was that? Flight. Which so if you haven't oh, seen, right. okay. Flight is a great you movie. You did mention that about Denzel Washington, <laughs> who is a very flawed character. He's a, a, a drug addict and an alcoholic, and uh-huh. he's also an airline pilot. And despite the fact that he was drunk flying this plane that you know loses engines, he miraculously performs an incredible skilled pilot moves and 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 saves the vast majority of the passengers on the plane. But it's a it, flight with Denzel Washington, a very good movie if you haven't had a chance to see it. All right. Well, he. Uh... Uh, I I came across this clip and I thought, well, here's Denzel Washington being based. He's got some humble words about movie making. I want to ask you one question. Uh, I think we we have to wrap up, but uh, just going back and looking at your life before you became filmmakers, what was your first job or what was your worst job that you had before you enter the film business. I was a garbage man, <laughs> like Troy. Huh. Mm-hmm. Garbage man, you get three hours, you get eight hours worth of work, but you can do it in three. Mm-hmm. So you can go home as soon as you finish. Post office, you get three hours worth of work and you make it last eight. <laughs> I did both. I like being the garbage man better. Huh. But uh, they weren't bad jobs. It's like a, you know, people say, oh, the difficulty of making a movie. I'm like, mm-hmm. send your son to Iraq. That's difficult. Mm-hmm. It's just a movie. It's like, relax. I don't play that precious nonsense. Oh, we're moving over. Get out of here. You know, your son got shot in the face. That's difficult. Making a movie is, is a luxury. It's a gift. It's an opportunity. And most importantly, it's a gift. Obviously, everybody here is, is talented enough to do that. But don't get it twisted. It's just a movie. It ain't that big a deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so sitting around the table, Oliver Stone was there. Mel Gibson was there. And they were all kind of... Shaking their heads, but it almost looked like they weren't truly buying into it, except for Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson seemed like he was like, yeah, no kidding, Denzel. This is silly. We play make-believe for a living. And isn't it... This isn't real. Isn't it refreshing to hear somebody from Hollywood 
a group of people that take themselves and their so opinions seriously. so seriously mm-hmm. and think that everything that comes out of their mouth and everything they post on social media should be moving and shaking the entire world. Mm-hmm. Denzel has the complete opposite view and, and says, look, what we do is just for fun and it's not that serious. And uh, Shocking, and, and a little self-awareness coming out of an actor, right? Great to see from Denzel Washington. I've, I've always loved him. He was great. He's also a big star in one of our other favorite all-time films that you and I have loved for years that was in the early 90s, The Pelican Brief. Yeah, that's right. With Julia Roberts. That's yeah. a great political that's, thriller. That's been on a lot lately, too. On I don't know what channel keeps rerunning it, but uh, it, it does keep popping up. Yeah, we caught part of it the other day. Uh, so IMDb ranked his best and worst movies. and Denzel's? Yeah, and they say uh, these are some of the, uh, the best and worst, according to them. American Gangster. Remember the Titans. Good. Well, that's a great movie. Glory. Glory's very good. Training Day. Man on Fire, Philadelphia, Malcolm X, Inside Man, The Hurricane, and The Great Debaters. I've never even seen half of these. The vast majority. And they let, so that was the list of his best movies? Uh-huh. Uh, the best and worst. Oh, best and worst. They yeah. didn't even mention the two that I was talking about, Flight and Pelican Brief. <laughs> no, they did not. It is 1046. It's the Kendall and Casey Show. It's 93 WIBC. It is nine minutes in front of 11. It is the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. My name is Casey Daniels. Rob Kendall has the day off and uh, the dude, Jim Roberts, is joining me in the studio today. I saw this article and, you know, we we have to share it with everybody. A felon (laughs) feast. Here's what Harvey Weinstein and R. Kelly had for Christmas dinner while behind bars. And I got to tell you, they ate better than we did. I, I thought when I first saw that, I thought this is the dumbest article I've ever seen. I can't wait to click on it and read it. So I am just <laughs> as susceptible uh-huh. to stupid clickbait articles like this as everybody else. Uh-huh. Um, but you're right. I mean, so for those of you that didn't listen yesterday at our house on Christmas, uh, we were all you know deathly ill with whatever virus our daughter brought home from college and, and you know, <laughs> struggling just to pry our eyes open. And we had li- literally had Campbell's chicken noodle soup, all three of us, for so Christmas pathetic. dinner because we were so sick uh-huh. and so miserable. And you're right. All of these criminals, even for prison food, yeah. they ate much better than we did on Christmas Day. I'm a free tax-paying American, and yet <laughs> I, these people did better than I did. Uh, okay, so R. Kelly uh, found guilty of sex trafficking and racketeering, convicted on three child pornography charges, sentenced to 31 years in prison. R. Kelly, Christmas meal consisted of Cornish hens, cream of broccoli, cornbread dressing, mashed potatoes, gravy, sweet potatoes, glazed carrots, dinner rolls, and pecan pie. We didn't have any pie. We didn't have Not any. even prison pie. No. Uh, you've got Josh Duger. So this is the former TV, uh, reality TV guy, right? From 19 Kids and Counting. Yeah. He was arrested in 2021 on charges of uh, receiving and possessing child pornography again. Uh, His sentence was uh, extended. Let's see. He's going to serve 12 years and seven months in prison. What did he have for Christmas dinner? 
He must be in the same place as R. Kelly because he had Cornish Hen as well. Also, Who are man- all these prisons that are stocking their com- their, their cafeterias with, Corn- with, with Cornish, Cornish Game Hen? Yeah. Um, well, you get the individual serving size right there. That's probably it. That's probably you get, it because you it's get a, a bird, right? You get a bird, but you get your own individual bird. Uh, he, Josh Duggar, he also got mashed potatoes, chicken gravy, dinner rolls, cheese and rice casserole, and holiday pies. Now, this is my favorite. So, if this article wasn't ridiculous enough. Mm-hmm. They told us what Joe Exotic, the Tiger King, had for his Christmas dinner behind bars. Now, keep in mind, what did he get? in 2019, he uh-huh. was uh, sentenced to 22 years in prison, uh-huh. 17 federal charges of animal abuse, and two counts of attempted murder for hire, uh-huh. wildlife violations. Um, uh, he had, again, Cornish hens. Yeah. Bread stuffing, macaroni and cheese, carrots, chicken gravy, cranberry sauce, dinner rolls, and holiday pie. Uh huh. Nondescript holiday pie. Non. Yeah, right. Not necessarily pecan pie. He might have just had generic uh, pie that was there. But Joe Exotic, um, he, he was the darling of early COVID. Yeah, wasn't when his he, show was on Netflix, and Everybody here we are several that. years later talking about what he ate behind bars in prison for Christmas. Day. I found one who didn't have Cornish hen. This is Todd Crisley. He's uh, he's the guy from uh, Crisley Knows Best, uh, serving 12 years in prison for fraud and tax evasion. Uh, him and his wife, they pled not guilty to wire fraud, but uh, now he's uh, he's in, in a, I believe, in Atlanta. But uh, his Christmas meal was made of roast turkey, so not a Cornish hen, but he also received baked candied yams with marshmallows, cornbread dressing, mac and cheese, cream gravy, cranberry sauce, dinner rolls, and pecan pie as well. Um, Harvey Weinstein, he got a big... Ba- this is maybe the worst out of all men. And, 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 I don't know, a lot, of, a lot of bad guys that we've gone through already, but Harvey could be at the tops of all of them. His sounds the least appealing out of all of them. What, his conviction or his meal? Uh, Both. Yeah, well, he, he was charged with rape. Um, and let's see, uh, multiple crimes, by the way. But he was sentenced to 16 years in prison. And uh, he got the baked chicken breast... Seasoned chicken gravy, steamed white rice, steamed kernel corn, dinner rolls, margarine, and an ice cream sundae. I tell you what, all of these people in jail, they had, I think, maybe better meals than I had. Much better Christmas meals than we had. We're going we're gonna to do better for New Year's Eve, though. It's 1056. It's the Kendall and Casey Show. It's 93 WIBC. Love it, love it, love it.